now it's saying I can hear it. Now it's going without the microphone, but I want the microphone to be in here. To um, She Talks Life podcast, this is your lovely host, Dr. Tavon Ray, and I am here bringing you a very new episode for the podcast as well as another awareness episode. So today is going to be um, awareness episode four, and it is geared towards Mental Health Awareness Month, and it typically changes up, but October of 2021 happens to be Mental Health Awareness Month. So I wanted to um, come on here and kind of give you guys an idea of, you know, what's going on in the world, how to check in on your mental health, and not only your mental health, but also how to check in on others who may be facing difficulties with their mental health and may need help with that particular issue. But before we jump into the episode today, we are going to... um, kind of do some um, cleanup. I know you guys haven't heard from me in a long time. Um, I had some difficulties with this podcast. And also, I had a lot of difficulties with what's going on in my life. So I think I bit off more than I can chew when I just started trying to get this podcast together. And I failed you guys and it went to the wayside. But I want to take this opportunity to say thank you guys for listening. Whoever's out there listening, whoever's finding this podcast, I hope you guys um, stick around because um, the commitment I have committed. I am officially committed to the She Talks Life podcast and the She Talks Life family. So I hope that you guys are here for the journey as well as here for the host. So one um, segment we're going to get into is our pop culture segment. And today we're going to talk about Megan Thee Stallion and her boyfriend, Partisan Fountain, I think that's how I'm saying his name right, they just celebrated their one year together, their one year anniversaries as a couple, and um, there's this clip going around on Twitter where he is giving her a gift. And um, the gift was a gold, or not gold, let's just put it out there because, you know, he probably ain't buying no gold. But he's giving her some saucy diamonds, okay, around her neck. And I um, have got to say that I enjoy her smile and her um, appreciation for the love that he's shown her in the year and that the way she celebrated it. Now, if you are following her on Twitter and you're following her on Instagram, you would have already seen her um, showcasing a little clip of her and his year together. And a lot of us, um, as I was reading some of the comments, because I check the comments every now and again about stuff like that. And as I was reading the comments, a lot of the times I'm seeing a lot of hate. And I don't know if the hate is coming out of a place of jealousy or it's just coming out of a place of I just need to hate on this couple because I'm not happy. And I'm not happy with who I am right now, but I don't want them to be happy. And so I need to say something negative. 
about her. And I believe that, you know, let people be. Let people enjoy the love and the care and the nourishment that they're enjoying. Like, this guy makes her happy. This guy makes her, um, you know, fulfilled. He's fulfilled her needs for the past year, and she's showing her appreciation for him. And I find on social media, as we um, become this social media epidemic for the new um, era, I realized that we are constantly focusing on other people's lives without reflecting on our own life. And it's a, it's a form of a mental disorder if we're so focused on someone else's life and we're not focusing on our own self. It's like there's this projection. Um, and I just want to say, you know, happy anniversary to the lovely couple. I don't really know them personally, but I just, I love love. And when I see a couple that's enjoying their love life, why not celebrate that? And so I think that it's great that Megan is showing that she's celebrating her love for her boyfriend. And all we do is say, well, she ain't married. They ain't married. We're the ring at. He ain't proposed to her. But here's the thing. Let their relationship flow in the purpose that it's supposed to flow in. If they're not supposed to get married right now, or why are you projecting your ideologies onto their relationship? Maybe they're not ready to get married. Maybe that conversation never came up or it did come up and that's not your job to tell him, put a ring on it or anything like that. Like, where did, where did you get off thinking that, you have to tell people to get married at a specific time and date. It doesn't work like that in the real world. Y'all might think that it does, but this is a different era. This is a new millennium. This is where life is changing drastically before our eyes. And that's their relationship. So let it go. Now, another thing in pop culture is that Eve just announced that she is about to have a baby. And... All the media blogs have plastered it over their vlogs. You've seen it all on the news. She's been on The View today. She actually hosted The View with her castmates of her new show, Queens, which I haven't checked out yet. If you guys have checked it out, I hope you guys like it and you support the, that show. I'm going to check it out later today and see what it's all about. And then another thing is I was reading some of the comments and a lot of us, Skin folk ain't kin folk to these people. Eve been married for 10 years to this man. And the comments that I have seen from the black folks, he ain't black. What does his race have to do with it? She's been with him for 10 years. She's happy. If she was in a bad relationship, I don't think she would be in it because let me give you some backstory. Eve used to date Stevie J. And if you don't know what Steve, who Stevie J is, he is Faith Evans' husband now. But he, is, he used to be on Love and Hip Hop. And he was a music producer. He still produces music, I'm assuming. But he slut-shamed Eve by doing leaking her sex tape to the world. Slobbing on the mic. I think that's how it was, where she was slobbing on the mic. But that was a black man that was supposed to love on his woman to make sure that she's safe. And if I can't even be safe in the relationship that I'm in with you slut shaming me and putting it out there that you, you know, I'm performing a sexual act. 
like you know the hurt that you're putting on me so the world could see me in a light that shouldn't even have been shed on me is wrong um i get it we all want to scream black love and be empowered and to date a black man but there are a lot of black women who are hurting and who are alone because they are waiting for that perfect black man and instead of being realistic and finding love they're waiting for the color of the skin and eve didn't wait for the color of the skin Eve waited for someone who could love her the way she needs to be loved. And so that's her choice. It's her preference. She preferred him over that black man who slut shamed her. I date a white man. I'm in a relationship with a white man. I'm not afraid to say that. I love him. I have been treated tremendously with great love, appreciation. All the needs that I want to be loved by, he has given to me. He has shown that he could provide those things for me. He just so happens to be white and providing them. But other than that, that's the cho that's the choice that I make. So you got to let people make their own choices. I congratulate Eve on having her baby. Some people were saying, well, he already had kids. So what? He had a family before Eve. He was married before Eve. He had kids before Eve. Eve and his kids are co-parent, like they're co-parent. Eve, ki his kids love Eve. Like they're showing you by her... Um, social media and the way she speaks about her husband that she's in a loving committed relationship and she loves the man that she's with and if she didn't love this man she wouldn't want to procreate with this man so i say my hats off to them congratulations eve and mr gumball 3000 i hope you guys have a wonderful um journey for the rest of this time with your baby on the way i hope you have a healthy and safe baby and a safe delivery and i can't wait to hear all about motherhood from you um and so i will take a break pay some bills and come back and we will jump into the topic at hand which is mental awareness month See you guys in a bit. Welcome back. Welcome. Um, yeah, welcome back. We're back because self awareness month, and today I am bringing you some information from the National Alliance on Mental Health. Mental Health Awareness Month this year is in October, from October first to October thirty first. Each year, millions of Americans face the reality of living with a mental illness. During May, NAMI joins the national movement to raise awareness about mental health. Each year, we fight stigma, provide support, educate the public, and advocate for policies that support people with mental health and their families. Now, um, the great thing about um, this year is not only are we discussing um, mental health in October when we know we talk about breast cancer um, awareness, but um, mental health is a really important issue that we all need to focus on and we all need to think about, um, especially in these times more so than ever because Yes, we've dealt with a lot of our mental issues. Sometimes we um, stifle them. Sometimes we repress them and we don't seek out health. But during the pandemic, a lot of us um, that were isolated, you know, felt 
more alone than we normally did. And one of the issues that we talked about, like me and my therapist and the group of women that I talked to, um, they were worried about their mental state as the world was going through this chaos. Um, me personally, I, ha I am OCD and I have a routine. And my routine every day was to get up in the morning at a certain time, about 4.30, get ready for work, leave the house by 5.45, get to the office by 6.15, um, 6.30, the latest, and be able to get my workday started and whatnot. And I've been doing that consistently over time. However, when the pandemic happened, I had to like literally work from home um, and I, it was new to me. It was so new to me to the point where I had nowhere in my house was set up for a work from home environment. I had not really done much with the house. And so I wanted to make sure that while I was at home, I needed to find a space to kind of connect to myself because now my routine was taken away from me. The one thing I did not stop was therapy. I did not stop going to therapy. Um, I still spoke to my therapist on every other week like we normally did. Um, so she was able to help me get through some of the hard um, realities of being isolated from the outside world. Um, I took up exercising to help with my mental health. Um, I would get up every day and take the dog on a mile and a half to two mile walk in the morning. And then, you know, I would try to eat right. And then during the evening time, go back out for another two and a half um, miles. And it just made my body feel a little bit more relaxed because the anxiety that I was feeling was through the fucking roof. Like when I tell you, I, it was chaos. Like, yes, I had um my partner here and i had my kid here and i had my dog but one of the big issues that i had faced was that this wasn't my reality like my reality was getting up and leaving the house and going to work but now i'm in the house i found myself like constantly cleaning the house uh reorganizing the house like i had to dev into projects to kind of get my mind to get right I want to say um, I was home March 13th of 2019. I am still at home. 2021 is October 21st and I am still in at home and I'm permanently at home. I'm not going into office anymore. And I am literally in a better place today than I was when I first got into quarantine. My mental health was not devastating it was more like i need to find a new routine i need to get a new routine so that i can get back on that spectrum of things and so what i ended up doing was i ended up creating an office space for myself creating an exercise room for myself and kind of just like being able to separate the two because one of the biggest issues that i faced was how do i get away from my computer from work and then transition into um my household because normally yeah like my mental health was just in a really bad space and to make things not worse because normally you go to work you come home 
and you have that separation. You separate your job from your work so you're able to like decompress. One of my biggest issues was how do I decompress if I'm working from home? So one of my alternatives was started exercising. I started working on my exercise routines. I started working on my food journey and trying to live better, not only because of the pandemic and the health risk and all that was going on. I had to think about just knowing how to balance both my work and my life now in a different aspect. So yes, my anxiety was just going everywhere, but I seeked out my therapist more. Um, I brought up things to her that was um, surfacing right away. Like, you don't understand that when you are feeling anxiety and you're feeling like the world is coming down on you and it's a heavy process, um, it's like, how do you cope with what's going on? Like the changes, how are you coping? And I think when it comes to mental health and learning all about mental um, health, it's like learning how to identify that you have mental health issues. Um, oftentimes, mental health in the black community is overlooked. We don't seek therapy because... We always hear people say, oh, you know what, therapy, that's for white folks. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I'm black, I'm Afro-Caribbean, and I have a therapist. And I've had a therapist for the last five years. And she has been the most amazing help to me. I have learned how to show up for myself, how to be present for myself. I have learned how to set boundaries for myself so people don't come into my world and take advantage and upset me. I have learned the word no and know that that means no and I don't give an explanation. I have also learned how to allow myself the ability to tell people that this is how I feel and not have to explain to them why I think they, how they should take what I said. I used to be afraid of telling people You've hurt me by some of the things that you've done to me or said to me. And so I, I always felt like I had to give this explanation. And because I went to therapy and I learned boundaries and all this stuff, I realized that, you know, I don't have that time to give people the ability to my life. Like you don't get that ability no more. You don't get that. And therapy has helped me. So if you are black and you feel like you um, experience anxiety, and let me tell you something. We don't know the medical terminologies because we don't seek help. Um, black people have depression. They, people have seasonal depression. People have all different types of things. We as a community, we love to listen to others who probably did seek out therapy and brought it back to the table like Twitter and social media and tell you guys about it. And so you kind of picked up on what they were dealing with and you put that on yourself so you could self-diagnose that, oh yeah, maybe I got seasonal depression. But you have no idea what the layers of therapy can do to unmask so much of your mental state that allows you to heal. Um, my kind of therapy that I'm in is trauma therapy. Um, 
I've been traumatized by so many aspects of my life that I realized like this is the reason why I behave this way to others, to myself. Like when I tell you that I didn't show up for myself, I am 43 years old and I started showing up for myself at 40 years old. That's a long time to show up for yourself. I have isolated myself from family members. I have isolated myself from friends. I have isolated myself from people who, who I asked for help that didn't give me help. Um, and I just feel like I had to do so much on my own. I had to learn how to grow on my own. But as I was doing that, I did not realize that I was building walls. And I was building this wall and this casing around my whole entire being that all those goodness that is inside of me that needs to come out was just bouncing off that wall and bouncing back. Like a, like a bouncing ball, just boom, 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 boom. And it was not escaping until I seek therapy to unpack some of the bullshit that I was dealing with over time so that I could show up for myself. When things don't go my way, I used to run. I would run. I didn't give a fuck what was going on. I would run. I would run to the next way. I was running, 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 running like a track star. And getting nowhere because them same problems, they were not going nowhere. They would subside for a bit. They would hide in the background for a little bit. But let me tell you what them things did. After a while and I got settled and I felt like I was doing good and I was in a good place and shit. Let me tell you what happened. Those motherfucking problems kept coming back. And they kept coming and they kept coming. And then they got to the point where they were so hard that I almost had a nervous. I had not almost. I had a slight nervous breakdown in 20. 15 no 2014 because I moved out of Georgia in 2014 at the top of 2015 I moved out of Georgia because the year before I had a really bad breakdown and I was losing my mental like I was just losing myself and as I started to seek out healing because I didn't like the way I feel like my body my mind everything was feeling so overwhelmed and it was like I was t in a tight space and couldn't get out of it. And so I decided that I have got to let some things go. Like something is not right with me. I know that I, I need help. I just can't do it anymore. Um, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about taking my life, but I just knew that I, it wasn't a good headspace. And so I was able to seek help and I want to um, encourage you guys to do the same. Um, as a black person, do not be afraid for mental health um don't be afraid of your mental health seek out the help to get you um on the right track on being able to focus and do what it is that you need to do because at the end of the day we have all different types of things mental health stems from so much more than what you make it to be um screen for mental health and october is um mental health screening month and adhd ADHD Awareness Month and so much more that goes on for you guys to um, think about. Now, I know it's almost the end of October, but I want to explain to you about depression. Depression sometimes could be a heavy thing. Sometimes it could be a small start, but the depression is there. And being able to understand the signs of depression, know the symptoms, and know how to seek out help and where you need to go to get help is very important. And that's why in October, we ask that you go out there and learn how to get 
the screening that you need. So the first week of October was Mental Illness Awareness Week. Then the second week, which, you know, just passed, was OCD Awareness Week, which is me. I'm OCD. I have um, an um, compulsive disorder. And um, the third week of October is National Health Education Week, where you talk about health and how it affects you, your mental state, your body, and your emotional state. Um, also what we include is, like I said, the National Depression Screening Day, which was October 8th and October 10th was World Mental Health Day and October 11th was National Coming Out Day. If you are in the LGBTQ community, um, like myself, um, you will know that now October 11th has always been now National Coming Out Day. And so I applaud you all who are listening, who are a part of the community Share your stories about coming out. When I came out, I was forced out the closet. I didn't have the opportunity to come out the way I would want to come out. Um, how I came out was someone actually outed me. They took away that, and I had a lot of that. And so I bring that up to say that due to the fact that I... Um, had a lot of mental um, health and I didn't know about boundaries and setting boundaries and how people take away your people take the um, the initiative or the audacity they have the audacity to walk in and take away shit from you because they felt like oh they could do it and that's what happened to me when I came out um, National Depression and Mental Health Screening Month um, they want you to focus on your um, what they usually do is focus on the environment that you're living in, your genetics, the psychological, the, and the biological or biochemical components. Um, you know, you seek out um, help for that so they could screen you. When I, Whenever you go to a therapist, that first um, initial meeting is your intake meeting. And during your intake, they ask you questions about your health. They ask you, um, so it's kind of a screening. They're screening to see where your mental state is at. Um, before they construct a plan for care. Once they decide where they want to tackle the care on, then they ask you if you want to come back and see them and how often you want to come back. So the therapist will construct a plan in action for you that is tailored towards your needs and go from there. Now, I will be honest with you and say that not every therapist that you encounter is going to be the perfect fit. You will have to go through a few therapist in order for you to get that perfect fit because I had to not everybody fit with you now I know black people we all say I need a therapist like me that looks like me so she could be she or he could understand where I'm coming from so I will tell you this my experience this is my experience I don't know about yours but I'll tell you mine the first um, therapist that I went to see, she was black. Um, how I met her was I went to get my diabetic um, screening, my test, my A1C level, regularly checked because I'm a diabetic, and I went there. And at the office, they had therapists, and they also have the HIV Prevention Center, and all these different things for black folks, which was great because it was a black establishment, or so I thought. So I went in, I got my screening for my A1C levels, I did my blood work, I did all that. And then I, the HIV counselor came in, um, 
she gave me the paper she had me read it she explained what she does at the office and she said would you like a, a test and i said sure why not i don't mind whatever so she did it she says you get it back in like a few minutes or whatever she did the test she went out she did her thing then the therapist who is on site came in and said hey you know she's the on-site therapist um, you know, when you came in and filled out your paperwork, there was a paper that you fill out about therapy. And I see that, you know, you've been to therapy. We try to make sure that we offer as much assistance to black people as possible. And therapy is one of them that we're trying to get that people interested in. And I was like, you know, I was like, you go girl. I'm all for this shit. Cause I'm all pro black on that side, boo. I need y'all to realize I am all for black medical help. Do you hear me? Because we, as black people, don't get good black services in the medical field. So I was all for it. And then, you know, I, she said, if you want and you're done with your, um, your test and you're done, you could come back for a few minutes and talk to me if you would like. And I said, sure. I went back there. I sat down talked to her. Um, we spoke. You know, she told me what kind of therapy she offers and she said, would you be interested in coming to see blah, 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 if you think it's you're interested. And I was because I was I had just moved to the city I'm in right now and I wanted to get a therapist, a new therapist. And I said, sure, I'll come see you. I think I saw her for about three months. Yeah, three months before I stopped going to her. Um, when I walked in the door that last time I saw her, well, right before the last time I saw her, I walked in the door and I was telling her some stuff that I was interested in and the thing, you know, just talking stuff. And I'm not going to go into any details because that's personal. But the look on her face was disgust. And I was like, whoa, like I felt attacked the minute, like she caught it quickly and then she changed her tone but the look gave me this wall just flew up. And I was like, oh, baby. Mm -mm. So I left there not feeling as great as I thought I should feel. I felt even more confused. And I left and I went home. I know I went to work and whatnot. And I went back to see her the next time. Like regular, my, my insurance paid for some of it. And the copay was like only $35. And so I went back to that time and I said to her, um, last time we met, I left feeling isolated. I also felt a, um, a kind of a disgrace from you. Like you were like a shame. I felt shamed by what I said to you the last time and your facial expression just caught me off guard. Um, it hurt me in a way. And I feel like I can't, I'm not sure if I can trust that if I'm telling you some stuff and I need to work through some things, are you capable of working through those things with me? And she said she was sorry that she didn't um, think that she didn't know that that's how I felt. Um, she said she was she apologized because that's not her intent. Her intent was not to do that because every episode she would ask me about my childhood. Everything is about my childhood and. As a woman who is a life coach and a therapist in her own right, I felt like those are things that eventually come out 
And when you're dealing with people and you're a therapist, you do have to really wait for them to shed light on what they want to talk about. You're, you're there to give the help. You're there to listen. I've seen people say they went to therapists and all the therapist did was just sit there and not say anything. Like me and my therapist today, why she's still my therapist of this day, is that we have dialogue. We talk. I She'll listen for about five, ten minutes of each conversation I'm having. And if there's something in there that she needs to touch on, she pauses me and we talk about it. And that's the kind of dialogue that I wanted to have with my therapist. Now, this first therapist, baby, uh, that one, it, she was she was skin folk. She just wasn't, she wasn't feeling me at all because she was shaming me for what I liked and what I didn't like. And I didn't like that. I felt shamed. I felt ashamed because I was telling my darkest secrets to someone and they looked at me with disgust. So I told her that I don't think I'll be coming back. And um, I know some of you probably going to listen and be like, well, you should have given her another chance or whatever. But I think I already knew from day one that she wasn't the right fit for me. And it's okay if they're not a right fit for you. You can seek out other therapists to find the right fit for you. Those who are actually going to help you and assist you in those things. And that's okay. You don't have to stick with this one. So um, I left her. I went on to my um, insurance company and I looked on again and I started looking around for therapists. And I found another therapist who is, happens to be my therapist right now. I found her at another facility and I went to her. And the minute I went to her, I think within five, ten minutes of talking to her, I knew I was going to like her. She is white, um, but she was very, um, like, I love the way she and I communicated. And I think that's what made me know that I, w I felt safe. Um, and so I walked out of there knowing that, yes, this is where I will come. Even if I didn't have the money, I will make sure. Like, and I'm telling you, some days I didn't have her copay, but I would show up and be like, hey, listen, I don't have the copay today. And they'll be like, okay, we'll just bill you next time. Can you make the payment? Stuff like that. Because I wanted to see her. And then at times, I would make sure that I had the copay set aside no matter what so that when I get there, I, sh I paid and I was good to go. Her copay was a little bit higher, but it was okay because I was willing to show up and get the work done because I knew that this was the woman that I wanted to be having conversations with. She was the one who saw in me. She was like, you should be a therapist. You should be a life coach. I need you to look into this. I need you to do this. And it was just like the transformation I saw in myself. Like therapy for me is about growth. The ability to heal your mental traumas um, and be able to understand your mental space. And a part of me for many years, even though I was very insightful and aware of myself, I still had some work to do. But I find that within the last couple of years of going to therapy religiously, I have seen the tremendous change in my behavior, my patience level, 
my ability to communicate like I said setting boundaries loving on myself like it took me a long time to get back to that after I had gone through a really rough patch in my life so it was exciting to see that you know when I look back on it I'm like wow I'm I'm not all completely healed but I can see the the path of healing as I'm going and going and going. So I share my story about my um, trauma, my mental health, and why I think mental health is important for us, whether you're black, white, pink, purple, green. Seek out the help that you need. Um, if you are struggling, there are support groups. There are also areas that if you don't feel the need to leave your house, you can do a telehealth or teledoc. But here are some resources that I found that are um, geared towards um, finding um, a therapist in your location. Therapyforblackgirls.com is um, a wonderful um, outlet for black women who are seeking therapists that look like them. Um, if you're interested in getting a, a black therapist, check out Therapy for Black Girls. Also, check out the podcast Therapy for Black Girls. It is hosted by Dr. Joy Harden um, Blackman, I think that's her name. She is from Atlanta, Georgia, and I listened to her, and she um, really touched on some great subjects, and so I feel like you should definitely check out that outlet. Also, there is a new outlet called Better Help, and if you are interested in learning about a therapist, you can also get um, help on betterhealth.com, and they can help you with counseling. So it is, um, the information will be in the show notes, the links for these websites. It's called betterhelp.com, where it has online counseling. You can chat, video, and phone therapy. If you need to talk to your therapist, they have um, affordable therapy. Now, this podcast is not sponsored by any of these two um, platforms. However, um, I felt like if I'm going to bring an awareness episode, I'm actually going to bring you um, places and outlets that you can actually use to get you help because this is what the idea of the awareness episodes are for. Um, they do individual, couples, teens, and all types of that on BetterHelp. So if you want to be matched or register, you can go on and check out BetterHelp.com. Don't forget to check out Therapy for Black Girls. I want to say thank you so much for listening to the She Talks Life podcast. This is your lovely host, Dr. Tavon Ray, and I will be back with you for another episode coming soon. You guys know I love to talk to you about all that is there. And so stay tuned because we are coming back once a week, every week. I will post a new podcast episode for you guys. Um, and I will talk to you in the next episode. Goodbye.